Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10.43 a.m. the 7th of May, 2020. This is episode 236 of Bitcoin and... It's going to be a flexoril fueled podcast because <clears throat> I couldn't take it anymore. My arm's just freaking out, so muscle relaxers until I can get to some physical therapy because apparently that's what it's going to take, according to my doctor. So <clears throat> excuse me if I sound a little, hey man, everything's cool, man, because you know flexoril, <laughs> it's a hell of a drug, man. <laughs> This one is from Daily Hodel staff, writing for the Daily Hodel, of course. Uh, it was written sometime this morning. $306 million in Bitcoin sold on Square's popular cash app in Q1 of this year. Whoa, man. Hey, man. It's cool, man. Financial services firm Square is reporting $306 million in revenue from the sale of Bitcoin on its cash app for the first quarter of 2020, that's up from $178 million in Bitcoin revenue in the third quarter of last year. In its earnings report for Investor Square says it's experienced a huge surge in demand after the mid-March market crash. Profits from the cash app remain driven by earnings from subscriptions and services, which brought in a gross profit of $176 million, while gross profit from Bitcoin is $7 million. Year over year, Square is reporting a 115% increase in profits. Square is also reporting solid numbers for April despite the struggling economy. Quote, in April, Cash App delivered strong revenue and gross profit growth year over year and achieved its highest monthly totals for net new transacting active customers, peer-to-peer volume, cash card spend, cash card orders, direct deposit transacting active customers, Bitcoin volumes, stock brokerage volumes, and stored funds. So, yeah, Cash App is on a hell of a tear, man. Uh, although this uh, headline uh, is, yeah, is pretty bad because it's not really $306 million in Bitcoin sold. It's uh, their revenue on a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, there's that. But still, I mean, come on, dude. It's, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's get into this one from also from the Daily Hodel staff. Kraken Executive says Bitcoin in its infancy as new analysis reveals how early crypto investors are. This was written actually yesterday. Kraken Director of Business Development says Bitcoin is just getting started in a viral new tweet. Dan Held, a.k.a. Dan Heddle says he believes that 10 years after the launch of Bitcoin, holders of the top cryptocurrency can still be regarded as early investors. Raphael Schultz-Craft, founder and analyst of the crypto firm uh, Glassnode, is backing up Held's claims. He cites data from his blockchain data platform that compares the market size of Bitcoin to that of gold, U.S. treasuries, and the global currency supply. Quote, and if you're wondering just how early we are to Bitcoin, Take a look at the relative market sizes. And then there's this 
graph that shows the relative shows the relative sizes of uh, Bitcoin versus gold, uh, the treasury and the global currency supply. And so far, Bitcoin is at or gold is rather 42 times the market cap of Bitcoin. It is uh, the treasuries are 100 times the market cap of Bitcoin and the global currency supply is like 120 times the market cap of Bitcoin. My God, <clears throat> the king coins market size is currently 165 billion, according to the latest data from coin market cap. While BTC was not spared from the COVID-19 induced economic downturn, it has fully recovered and is now up 24% since January the 1st. Glassnode says overall market sentiment appears to be bullish on BTC with on-chain activity rising significantly in recent weeks. Quote, along with price, on-chain fundamentals are also recovering to pre-crash levels. January and February saw a significant increase in on-chain activity, which fell away in March, but is now returning to previous levels. An increase in the number of BTC sent per transaction suggests that the activity is being driven by larger investors rather than traders and market opportunists. So there you go. I mean, you know, okay, that, that'll work for me. Uh, Greg Thompson is writing this one for Decrypt.co. Sometime this morning, money printing is driving people to Bitcoin, says Ledger CEO. All right. <laughs> Probably driving them to drink too, but you know, whatever. On March the 15th, the decision by the United States Federal Reserve to cut interest rates to near zero, zero and launch a $700 billion stimulus package immediately sent ripples through the cryptocurrency market. One day later, Bitcoin ignited a 104% revival, which is still ongoing at the time of writing. The rest of the crypto market followed Bitcoin's lead. That's because when Bitcoin allows you to go up, you can go up. And then when it goes down, you have to follow because Bitcoin's really the only game in town, guys. Stop trading shit bags. Oh, okay. With many cryptocurrencies eventually outperforming BTC by many orders of magnitude. Yeah, dude, that has always happened. <laughs> That's, I hate it when they, when they bring that up because it's ridiculous. All this, all this shit that's going up is so illiquid. It's not even funny. I, I'm just, it never ceases to amaze me. The, the, the bullshit people will allow themselves to get into. None of this really matters, but Bitcoin Ledger CEO Pascal Gauther says they're related. Speaking to Decrypt, Gauther said daily sales of their flagship hardware wallet matched an all-time high on March 15th, the same day the U.S. stimulus package was announced. Quote, on March 15th, the day the Federal Reserve cut rates to zero and announced the $700 billion quantitative easing program, Nano X hardware wallet mirrored a record sales day during the bull market. End quote. The Ledger CEO also referenced a double-digit increase in the Q1 growth compared to 2019 and pointed to a new wave of institutional and consumer interest ahead of Bitcoin's block reward halving. He said, quote, while we don't know how the upcoming halving will affect the price of Bitcoin, we do know that investments are pouring into the institutional market and more individuals are investing in Bitcoin than ever before. In addition to Ledger's Multi-coin hardware wallets, the firm also provides secure storage services for institutional clients through Ledger Vault. Gauther said the current ramp-up in interest is similar to the one witnessed in 2016 in the run-up to Bitcoin's second halving. Quote, despite external pressure on the stock market, we've had our best April ever. The crypto market continues to climb in a trend very similar to what we saw pre-halving in 2016, Gauther said. <clears throat> But not all crypto executives necessarily share Gauther's optimism. Don Wiper, 
CEO of Digital Mint, a point-of-sale provider for over 325 Bitcoin ATMs and tellers in the U.S., posted a more ominous view in anticipation of Bitcoin's halving. Quote, we all expect a dramatic number of miners to shut down given the adjusted income that they'll produce will no longer cover the cost of the electricity. That decrease in hash power is likely to cause a difficulty adjustment, easing the difficulty of mining a block, he said. Wiper added, what if some miners keep selling Bitcoin to pay for overhead, holding out for said difficulty adjustment, increasing supply, and putting significant downward price pressure on the market? Wiper holds out hope that the block reward halving will affect the Bitcoin price in a positive way, which would potentially avert the downward pressure domino effect described above. However, the COO expects volatility in the short term. Quote, that being said, after the previous halvings, the price of Bitcoin skyrocketed. So in my opinion is that a long-term Bitcoin is currently undervalued and I expect short-term increased volatility, Wiper said, although Bitcoin's volatility is nothing new. Oh, jeez. All right, all right. That, that whole thing with Todd, like what the whole, what if some miners keep selling to pay for overhead? Holding out for a difficulty adjustment. Uh, the difficulty adjustment is there for a reason. Bitcoin will perform exactly as expected. It, it's that this is this is why I Bitcoin. Huge increase in Bitcoin users. Hence at bull run. This is Daniel Phillips. He's writing for Decrypt.co as well sometime this morning. And he says, since the beginning of 2020, Bitcoin has seen the number of daily active addresses skyrocket. According to the seven-day average, the number of daily active Bitcoin addresses has climbed 47%. This value is now gaining on the all-time high of 1.19 million addresses achieved near the height of the Bitcoin bull run in December 2017. Much of this growth occurred in the last month alone during which the seven-day average for daily active Bitcoin addresses climbed from 746,000 to 945,000, which was up 26.7%. Historically, the number of active Bitcoin users has loosely correlated with the price action of Bitcoin. This is particularly apparent in the run-up to a bull run, during which the number of active Bitcoin addresses frequently climbs. Defined as the number of Bitcoin addresses that either sent or received Bitcoin during the test period, the number of daily active Bitcoin addresses is commonly used as a proxy for number of active Bitcoin users since more active addresses typically mean more users. That said, the ratio of active addresses to users isn't exactly one-to-one since many users generate a new address for multiple transactions. The number of daily active Bitcoin addresses is now at its highest value since January of 2018. At this time, Bitcoin was valued at 11,500 compared to 9,300 today. Likewise, the average transaction fee at the time was $10.60 compared to just $1.87 today, although fees have been spiking as of late. And of course they have. Now, I'm going to go ahead and do vital so but be aware I got to I got to cut this one and run so I'm not going to do all the special stuff today, but we are going to get right into the markets right here. cnbc.com is saying that S&P 500 is up 1 and 3 quarters of a percent. Nasdaq is up 1 and a half percent. The Dow Jones is up 1 and a half percent. The FTSE is up 1 and a half percent. Nikkei is up, oh, got like a quarter percent. And uh, yeah, everything else is down, but not by much. It looks like we're kind of going eh, sideways a little bit. 
uh, bond yields are all down. Uh, bond, uh, German 10-year bond is at negative 0.54. Japan is at negative 0.003. So there you go with that. Uh, oil had a rally, 8.5% change to the upside. Natural gas is up. Gold had a 1.3% increase. Its last price was 1711 So let's talk about real money. Bitcoin is at $9,455. Uh, there's a hell of a spread here, man. I got a low at P2P, B2B telling me it's 9273 and I've got a high looking at Coinbase Pro at 9,470. So that's one of the largest spreads I've seen in a while. 333,000 transactions were sent in the last 24 hours, giving us about 14,000 transactions on average being sent per hour. Uh, 1.1 million BTC have been sent around the horn in that particular 24 hour period. And 46,000 BTC are being sent on average every hour. Average transaction value is 3.32 BTC. The median transaction value is still breaking my 300. Uh, it's at 0.049 BTC, about 450 bucks US. Block times are state, well, not stable. Block times are where they should be at 10 minutes and four seconds. Uh, 0.54 BTC have been taken in fees every block, and 75 BTC have been taken in fees over the last 24 hours. We've had a 3% dip in hash rate. We are at 122 exahashes per second. And may I remind you, that is from bitinfocharts.com. I'm checking my, I will check my note here in a second and see what it says about the hash rate. Last time nobody did anything on Bitcoin was today. Ethereum is at 206, Bcash is at 245, BSV is at 202. Litecoin is 45.8, Ethereum Classic is at 7. Dogecoin, damn, dude, 0 0.0026. Uh, I haven't seen it that high in a long time, man. Uh, 41, uh, 42,000 transactions over the last 24 hours for Doge puts it ahead of Ethereum Classic. It puts it ahead of Litecoin and just almost nipping at the heels of Bcash. So little doggy goes woof, I guess. Uh, my note is saying that the hash rate is at uh, 114.1 exahashes per second with a weekly of 122.5 exahashes per second. And as far as I can tell, for the last 10 blocks, all the blocks are full. So there you go. Let's look at Lightning via bitcoin.clarkmoody.com. Total capacity is 927.9 BTC, giving us $8.84 million worth of liquidity on 6,917 nodes bearing 36,000 channels. We have 402 BTC in the Tor network part of the Lightning Network, and that brings the percentage of the Tor capacity uh, at stable at 43.3%, but we've gained a couple of more nodes, at least two. Tor nodes are up uh, to 220, so there you go. Let's finish out the news with this one, Bitcoin outperforming gold in stocks so far this month. This is Coindesk's Omkar Godbowl writing sometime this morning says, <clears throat> Bitcoin looks to have decoupled from traditional markets as investors refocus on the network's imminent mining reward having. You spelt having wrong, bro. 
While the top cryptocurrency by market value has gained nearly 5.9% so far this month, gold, a haven asset, has declined by 1%. Meanwhile, as of Wednesday, the S&P 500 Wall Street's equity index was down 2.2% on a month-to-date basis, according to data source skew brother bitcoin is also the best performing asset of 2020 to date with a 28 percent a year-to-date gain oil the west texas uh, intermediate is down 66 percent flashing red due to the massive destruction of demand brought on by the coronavirus pandemic yeah well let's not forget that the saudis decided to rip shit apart right at the time that the pandemic was coming to the fore. You know, we've got to remember that they did that shit. It's not just the pandemic. The Saudis basically took out a gun out of their, you know, waist belt or whatever, pointed it directly at their foot and shot two holes in the son of a bitch. The cryptocurrency has moved largely in tandem with the stock market over the past two months. Prices fell from $10,000 to $3,800 in the first two weeks of March because the coronavirus Lead sell-off in global equities triggered a global dash for cash. The cryptocurrency rose back above 7000 in the following four weeks, tracking the recovery in stocks, which is still ridiculous. Not the Bitcoin price, but the recovery in stocks. I just, it's mind-boggling that that occurred. The positive correlation, however, weakened last week with Bitcoin posting double-digit gains despite moderate losses in equities. The cryptocurrency is now trading near 9300 representing a 4.4% gain on a week-to-date basis, according to Coindesk's Bitcoin price index. The crypto market's focus seems to have shifted away from the coronavirus to the reward having expected to take effect on May the 12th, though it may happen sooner. The supply-altering process has been hailed as a price bullish event by many analysts for over a year now, and the recent rally from 7,600 to 9,400 may have been fueled by a fear of missing out on the expected gains, bro. Bitcoin's network is also experiencing its busiest period in over two years. The seven-day average of the moving number of unique addresses active on the network jumped to 947,000 on Wednesday to hit the highest level since January 2018, according to data from Glassnode. The spike suggests increased investor interest in the cryptocurrency as noted earlier this week. Further, the cryptocurrency's hash rate uh, recently rose to an all-time high of 140 exahashes per second. Damn, bro. Most observers expect Bitcoin's price to rise into five figures ahead of the halving. From a technical analysis standpoint, the case for a rally to 10,000 would strengthen following an acceptance above a major resistance level. Bitcoin is currently trading just above the resistance of the trend line, connecting the July 2019 and February 2020 highs currently at 9,280. If prices hold above that level for two more or for a few more hours, stronger chart-driven buying will likely emerge, lifting prices towards 10,000. However, Bitcoin has failed a couple of times in the last six days to keep gains above the long-term trend line hurdle. While the cryptocurrency is gaining altitude, investors seem to be buying put options, bearish bets in effect, uh, possibly to hedge against the potential post-having price drop. This is evident from the rise in the one-month put call skew from negative 3% on May 1st to 9.1% on Wednesday. Don't go bear, bro. The positive reading indicates that put options are more expensive than calls, which are bullish bets, as a result of drawing higher demand. Similar sentiments are being echoed by the put-call open interest ratio, 
which rose to a three-month high of 0.75 on Wednesday, according to data provided by SKU. So you do with that what you will. This one, uh, we're, we're going to dive into a little shit coinery here because this is, I don't, I don't understand this one, but let's try to piece, parse it together. Tax dollars are funding Justin Sun's Tron blockchain. Ali Martinez is writing this for Crypto Briefing sometime yesterday. Tron and BitTorrent CEO Justin Sun finds himself at the center of controversy once again after his company announced that it received a $2 million coronavirus stimulus loan from the United States government. The ongoing pandemic has wreaked havoc in the American financial markets. Small-sized businesses especially are suffering from the economic shutdown meant to lessen the spread of COVID-19. With the wages of hundreds of thousands of employees at risk, the United States government created the Paycheck Protection Program to help small businesses stay afloat. However, the Small Business Administration has had some serious issues making sure these funds are distributed properly. Yeah, like don't send them to dead people. Such is the case that even Justin Sun's Tron was approved for more than $2 million in aid, according to a post in the firm's WeChat channel. But many in the cryptocurrency community find the handout to the controversial 28-year-old entrepreneur questionable. <laughs> yeah, you think? While many hardworking Americans are struggling with the complicated application process to receive a loan and getting rejected without reasons, Sun is walking away with massive loads of cash, said Zach Herring, program director at Consensus. Along the same lines, the head of Sino Global Capital, Matthew Graham, affirmed that Sun is trying to use this glitch in the PPP to gain some sort of legitimacy in China. Graham maintains that many people will misinterpret this as aid, or sorry, misinterpret this aid as an endorsement from the United States government. That's exactly how Justin Sun is going to spin it, by the way, just saying. Justin Sun, who is notorious for his nearly botched $4.5 million dinner with Warren Buffett and the hostile takeover of blockchain-based social network Steam, doesn't seem like he needs the cash to survive the crisis, say critics, especially when taking into account his multi-million dollar acquisition of crypto-related companies such as BitTorrent, Poloniex, and Steemit. Crypto Briefing reached out to Sun and the Tron Foundation for comment, but has yet to receive... An announcement. Well, they call it answer, but we know Justin makes annou or announcements of announcements of announcements of announcements. So I'm expecting an announcement from Justin's son any day now. It is worth mentioning that recently the United States Attorney's Office of the District of Rhode Island charged two men for trying to take advantage of this small business loan pro program meant for COVID-19 relief. Uh, whether Justin's son will face similar scrutiny is up to debate. Well, okay, well, we'll... we'll We'll have to see, but dude, really? All right, a little bit more uh, shit coinery here. I know you guys don't, don't like to hear it, but uh, somehow or another, Hex has is not only surviving, but is still able to steal money from innocent dipshits. I hate to say it that way, but Umi Hani is writing this one for crypto or thecoinrepublic.com. Etherhub co-founder raised concerns over a hex token nearing a $1 billion market cap. My God almighty. Anthony Sassano, co-founder of EtherHub, brought to attention about hex, calling it scam token nearing its market cap of $1 billion, further asking if that very fact was just being ignored. In addition to Sassano having founded the EtherHub, he is the product market manager at Set Protocol. 
Sisano threw light on the rise of the price in the scam token. Its price has increased tenfold over the last two weeks. Let me say that again. Hex's price has increased tenfold in, over the last ten, uh, two weeks. Stop it. It's a scam. All you're doing is making Richard Hart even richer than he already is. I just, I don't, again, I don't understand people sometimes. He further reasoned out that this increase in price, a tweeting that is due to excessive wash trading on the Uniswap exchange, along with the $2.5 million of 24-hour volume. So this, uh, I'm, this is clearly a translation that I'm reading, so just bear with me, man. I'm, I'm reading it word for word, and it's a little rough. These facts Sasano has notified about must not be neglected, though this is just Anthony's perspective regarding the token while it is performing well in the market. Ugh. Hex was launched by Richard Hart last year, and it is an ERC-20 token relying on the Ethereum network. The token claims itself as a certificate of deposit on the blockchain network. Additionally, its design is to ascend the DeFi ecosystem and cryptocurrencies with the Ethereum network. Richard Hart continues facing criticism for his claim that the token will be able to perform over 10,000x returns within 2.5 years. Since its establishment, controversies have remained common for this token. This token is a scam. Richard Hart is a scammer. If you are into Hex, you have to get out before he... Uh, just get out. Just uh, get out. Okay, now, <clears throat> um, again, sorry guys, but it, it, we might as well you know, be able to talk about this. You guys know I don't like this, but the, the whole Ether 2.0 is coming out and it seems there are some concerns, and rightly so. Because research says that Ethereum 2.0 will be extremely complicated, making delays likely. This was written by Nick Chong for CryptoSlate.com sometime today. Over the past few weeks, the hype surrounding the Ethereum 2.0 upgrade has increased at a dramatic clip due to the launch of the Topaz testnet, which has seen success thus far with strong adoption and used by the ETH enthusiast community. It has become a high possibility to some that the blockchain upgrade will roll out within the coming months. This is mostly speculation. Exact dates for the upgrade have been hard to come by, but Ethereum Foundation co-founder Vitalik Buterin indicated in February that developers will spend the next few months refining the upgrade for a launch sometime this year. Similarly, researcher Justin Drake once proposed a July launch, which would line up with Buterin's vague idea for a timeline. Two weeks, bro. Although ETH holders have been waiting for 2.0 for, for years. This timeline is too optimistic, according to a May 4th report from BitMEX Research on the efficacy of the upgrade. The reason? The transition from Ethereum 1 to 2 has proven more complicated than expected. Before we delve into BitMEX's piece on the upgrade, some context must be given to the details of its development. The Cliff Notes version is that Ethereum 2.0 is the new version of Ethereum that will implement and work with technologies like Proof of Stake sharding, and more to exponentially increase the speed, transaction throughput, and decentralization of the network. <laughs> Jesus. At Token 2049's Ethereum Asia Super Meetup in March of 2019, Buterin explained the upgrade with the following, quote, it is a way to bring technical improvements like POS and sharding together to improve the virtual machine, Merkle trees, the efficiency of the protocol, and a whole bunch of small technical things that you have never heard of, end quote. 
To accomplish this shift from the current iteration of 2.0, the new network will actually operate side by side with the old one, meaning there will be technically two Ethereum mainnet chains running at the same time. This forced bifurcation is due to the fact that Ethereum 2.0 is still in its first phase, which is called phase zero, which basically tests how staking works in a real world situation compared to, to traditional cryptocurrency mining. Furthermore, due to how the new network is structured, smart contracts and cryptocurrencies based on Ethereum will need to adapt to operate with the new chain. In their report, BitMEX's research team acknowledged the need for Ethereum 2.0 over the current iteration, writing, some members of the Ethereum community have expressed concerns to us that Ethereum technology is now five years old and falling behind, and they want something new. Ethereum 2.0 therefore satisfies the need in a community keen on trying new ideas. Yeah, you want a new idea? Try poverty. Despite the community support, the rollout could be difficult. The researchers explained that due to the compatibility issues that could arise with Ethereum 2.0's data structure and old smart contracts based on the original virtual machine, it may take many years before a significant part of the Ethereum's ecosystem can make a switch to the new chain. And this many years prediction if, is if nothing goes wrong. Baked into BitMEX's research conclusion is that something will go wrong, causing even more delays. Quote, Ethereum 2.0 is exceptionally complicated. With so many committees, shards, and voting types, it seems reasonably likely that something will go wrong and that there will be significant further delays. <laughs> can't stand this shit anymore. When Ethereum 2.0 arrives, if it arrives, analysis expects the market for ETH to be irrevocably changed for the better. David Hoffman, co-lead of the Ethereum medium, media publication Bankless, explained in a recent newsletter that the introduction of staking will cause a large decrease in the amount of ETH available to be brought on the open market, or I'm sorry, bought on the open market. Bankless's other lead and Hoffman suggest that upwards of 10 to 30% of the cryptocurrency could be zapped from the circulating supply due to demand for staking. This favors price appreciation, the duo argued. Mm -hmm. Angel investor and professor Adam Cochran has taken this one step further. He said in an extensive Twitter thread that alongside causing a negative supply shock due to staking demand, ETH 2.0 will cause other economic effects that will catalyze growth in the asset. No, you know, I, I'm just not even, I can't, I can't continue with this one. I just can't. Okay. So I'm just going to stop it there because the more you, the more cogs in the machine, the easier it is to muck that thing up. And this sentiment here is very disturbing by people. Quote, Ethereum 2.0 is except, exceptionally complicated. Oh, I'm sorry, not that one. I'm, I'm looking at this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some members of the Ethereum community have expressed concerns that Ethereum technology is five years old and falling behind, and they want something new. That, if you are an Ethereum bag holder, that should scare the living shit out of you. Because what happens in five years from now? And, 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 and two years after that? What the, the issue with it's new and shiny and bright is that is the telltale sign that you're probably going to get hosed. You want slow, you want rock solid. This is, this is why I don't, the reason I don't have any problems walking in the mountains 
is because the process of developments of the mountains were very slow. And anything that was going to go wrong in that development has went wrong hundreds of thousands of years ago. That's why I can walk in the, in the woods and the chances of a rock falling on my ass due to a, some kind of failure is like almost unheard of. It is almost unheard of to get hit by a rock in the mountains. Slow and steady and rock solid. That's what you want. But people who are screaming that something is five years old and, and therefore old technology, man, they're, they're looking to have their money taken away from them. So that's, that's all I'm going to do of that one. Now, that's actually going to be all the news that I read uh, today. And I'm not going to do a train wreck and I'm not going to do some other things because I got, I, I'm, I'm a little loopy and my wife has got to do some work too. So I am going to go ahead and end it here with the usual sign-off. I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.